Welcome, sports fans, to the hottest sports podcast in the game, JT and the Don, with your hosts, Jimmy Thompson and Donato Bucci. They're covering the most current issues in sports from the 305 to the 412 and all the way to the West Coast. You can follow them on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at JT and the Don or email them at JT and the Don at gmail.com. Now take it away, guys. Welcome to the next episode of JT and the Don, presented by Give Us a Shot Network. I am the Don, Donato Bucci, and remember to subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and whatever platform you find all of your other favorite podcasts and shows. Thank you to Nicole Thompson for the wonderful voiceover and our guy Mike Regina with the intro music as always. So let me welcome in everyone's favorite JT, Jimmy Thompson. How are you feeling today? Hey, look, man. I was happy about five minutes, man. I kind of technical difficulty. So look, man, I might I might be a little bit meaner to you than usual. So I apologize in advance, but it's not really an apology. You know what I mean? So uh man. So you ready to start this show? I mean, you know what? Let me let me reverse course. How are you doing? You doing all right? You know, I, I'm doing great. It was just kind of comical in, in the background to see you all all frustrated, but you know that's that's every show though that's every show so i'm, no, I'm, I'm ready i'm supposed to i'm supposed to be the tech guy and here we go i'm having tech issues but all right so you know we can't have a show without starting with the nba trade deadline this is so crazy man so many players got traded man but we're going to talk about the big fish in the room and that's kevin durant man so kd got traded to the suns and i, w- I want to make sure i got this compensation right man so kd Got traded along with TJ Warren in exchange for four unprotected first round picks, a 2028 pick swap. Mikel Bridges, Cam Johnson, and Jay Crowder go to the Nets, but then Dre, Jay Crowder was traded to the Bucks for two second round picks. I feel like second round picks were just going around today. So let's start with the deal with KD. Who won the deal between the Suns and the Nets? That's that's an easy question. It's the Suns. Anytime you can land a top two player in the whole world like you're gonna win that deal especially if you're only giving up for the most part draft picks I mean it hurts to lose some of those uh role players but they only really gave up draft picks and while it is a lot you're hoping that you're winning during some of those years and those draft picks aren't that good for the Nets so as I mentioned last week so the listeners feel free to go back to last week and check out our episode shameless plug for us but the suns need to win now they were the most desperate team going into this trade deadline they needed to make a big splash they made the biggest splash you could possibly make without you know possibly going to get a lebron james who wasn't available so cp3 not getting any younger this is a team that was runner-up two years ago so they still have that championship caliber type team and you don't know how many more years you're going to have to be able to do this, especially with CP3 getting older. So you're bringing a guy like KD instantly puts you at the top three more years with him after this. So he's still going to be with you. And I think the most important thing for them is JT. This is a franchise that has no titles in its history. So you've got to win one at some point. 
even if you got a mortgage, the future. So go ahead, mortgage the future, bring in top one, top two basketball player in the whole world. The last 10 years, Kevin Durant is going to get you that title. Yeah, I mean, you could have you could have just saved us like 10 minutes and just stuck with the first part of your statement, Kevin Durant. Like, like I don't even is there even a such thing as mortgaging the future in the NBA anymore? Like, I feel like they just throw around picks like it's nothing, players like they're nothing. Like, if you're not like a top 20 player, like there's no such thing as a future to mortgage. But yeah, I agree. It's the Suns, man. Anytime you can get a guy of Kevin Durant's caliber in a deal and not have to give up any of your superstars, like that's a definite win. And for the Nets, man, I just look at I get it. They had to blow it up because KD and Kyrie didn't want to be there anymore. But just look at what they got back in return, man. It's just like they got a bunch of guys that play the same position. They got a bunch of like three and D type of guys. And it's like they don't have anything else. So they just got on ben that. Simmons. Oh, oh, they got Ben Simmons. What do you well, mean? They he's, got the, nothing he, else? he's 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 D three. Whatever, however you however you want to describe his game. But it's it's it's, it's KD, man. Like you said, man, like. CP3 is clearly not in the prime anymore, but this might be the last run that he has, you know, with CP level play in him. And then Devin Booker is going to come back healthy, hopefully. And they still got DeAndre Ayton. So it, it's got to be the Suns, no doubt about it. But presuming that not just KD, but presuming that everyone else on that Suns team is 100 percent healthy, are the Suns the new favorite to win the West? Because. Right after that trade, I think they went from the ninth best odds to now, what is it, the third? So Vegas thinks that, you know, the move, you think they number one is to win it all. Well, like I always tell you, and you kind of stole my thunder there, what does Vegas tell us, right? Vegas tells us that, yes, they are the favorite to win the West. They are now the odds-on favorite to win the West, their third best or shortest odds to win the NBA title, but to come yeah, out of the West. That's what I meant, my bad. Yeah, no, that's okay. To come out of the West, they're now number one. Denver is now number two, and Denver's the one seed. Um, I don't know how many games they're in front, but, you know, Phoenix is sitting at like eight. So you now have the eight seed as the favorite to win it all. So, yeah, they're the favorite in the West. If Vegas say, says so, I'm not going to go against them. But this is why I believe they are, even with a short bench now. KD, Devin Booker, CP3, DeAndre Aiden. That's all you need to say is those four guys. I really want to say yes. I want to agree with you, but it's our show, so you know I'm not going to do that. I, I fall for this. How are you going to go against Kevin Durant? I understand because you know me. what? I fall for this. Kevin Durant is enough trap every time. Like he was supposed to be enough in Brooklyn, and, and, and for What's some reason, I, I, I know there's other other circumstances, but. For some reason, it just didn't work. Like, KD is an all-time talented player. Like, he's probably going to end up in that top 10 discussion when it's all said and done. But, like, like Luka Doncic ran through this team last year with just him, and now I'm just supposed to think, like, okay, like, KD is enough to beat the Warriors. Like, until somebody in the West shows me that it's not the Warriors, like, I just can't – I just – I'm not putting money on it. Like, I'm not going to Vegas and betting, like, oh, yeah, the Suns are going to come out come out of the West because the Nets were the favorite in Vegas to win the East last year. And how did that work out for him? This is the difference. This oh, reminds, tell me the difference. Go ahead. I'm going to tell you the difference. In your, in, in, your, in, your, in your gambling wisdom, tell me the difference. I, I didn't say that. I'm just, you, you didn't let me interrupt you. The difference is this feels a lot more like Kevin Durant going from Oklahoma City to Golden State than 
the Kevin Durant going from Golden State to Brooklyn. Think about it. Two years ago, who was in the who was in the NBA Finals? Milwaukee against do, Milwaukee against Phoenix. What happened the year before Kevin Durant went to Golden State? Golden State in the finals lost to LeBron James. That's why they brought Kevin Durant in. So this is still a championship caliber team, right, with that coach. And now he's just coming in as best player, second best player in the world to come in and win them a title. Exactly what he did in Golden State. Put him over that hump. Bro, you got a lot of faith in Kevin Durant. I feel like he... As what did you? He's one is, of the two he, best he, players in he, the world. He don't have this much goodwill with me, man. Like he got to show me something. Like this, this is as close to the Warriors situation as you could get. Obviously, you can't, you can't get that. Like that Warriors situation was insane, but this is right. as close to that situation yeah. that you That's can get I'm without saying. actually being on the Warriors. And I still don't think it's enough. This is when Kevin Durant enough. thrives, man. No pressure has a great supporting cast around him. This is when he thrives. All right. Speaking of thriving. <laughs> The Brooklyn thing is over. It, it it didn't thrive. So I want to ask a serious question. At one time, it was KD, Kyrie, and James Harden on that team. The fact that that didn't work out, is that the most disappointing like pairing in sports history? Sports history? I, I'm going to go with NBA history and say, no, it's not the biggest disappointment. I go back to the 2012-2013 LA Lakers. If you remember there, JT, they had Kobe, they had Paul Gasol, and then they brought in, they had Nash, right, two-time former MVP, and then they brought in Dwight Howard. You know what they did that year? They went first-round exit in the playoffs, and then they didn't make the playoffs for another six seasons. That's insane. Like, by them making that move for Dwight Howard and having guys like Paul Gasol and Kobe there and Nash, like, they were supposed to run the table and win that year, especially when they brought in Dwight Howard from Orlando. Then they didn't make the playoffs for six straight seasons. It took LeBron James to come to L.A. to get him back in the playoffs, win him a title. Like, that move for Dwight Howard to make that super team ruined them for over half a decade. Like, the Nets, you know what they did? They went out, like you said, and got 500 first-round draft picks, 800 second-round draft picks, they got all these 3 and D guys. At least they're setting themselves up. And you got to remember one thing. KD was injured. We knew that first year was going to be a waste. Like, my expectation for them was high, but we knew they were going to have a very small window, years two, three, and four at most, to win a title. So was it a disappointment? Yes. The biggest disappointment of the super teams in NBA history? No. It's the 2012-2013 LA Lakers. Man, what are you talking about, bro? Like, do you remember Steve Nash? I'm when he spitting was on the facts. Lakers? Like, I'm convinced you don't watch sports, man. Like, you, you only, you only. I feel like you start watching sports at a certain year, like 1988. You probably. I read the newspaper. Sports. I read yeah, the newspaper. Oh, you just told on yourself with your age. Of course, this is the most disappointing pairing, not only in NBA history, in all of sports history. Nah. Like, go whoever's listening, watching this, go find me a team that. Got three first ballot Hall of Fame players at a time when they were all considered top ten in the sport. Well, like, some would argue Kyrie's not a first ballot. I mean, you don't think so? Come on, like I'm just saying, a, is he is he going to be ballot. one? I don't. Everybody's know. Everybody's first ballot in basketball, but I'm just saying, like they're they're first ballot Hall of Famers, and they were considered top ten players in the league at the time, and it didn't work out. Like 
That is crazy. Like, I've never seen anything like that. Hell yeah, that is the biggest disappointment. Like, you're trying to tell me not two of them could make that work? Like, you know, injuries happen, but, like, two of those guys couldn't get it together? Like, that was an absolute disaster, man. Like, we'll at some point we'll talk about who's to blame, but, yeah, it's the biggest failure. And your boy Kyrie might be the blame. Well, speaking of Kyrie, on Monday, the Nets officially traded Kyrie Irving to the Dallas Mavericks, along with Markeith Morris. Don't forget about that. In return for Spencer Dinwiddie, Dorian Finney-Smith, a 2027 second-round pick in a 2029 unprotected first-round pick and an additional 2029 second-round pick. So, JT, good move by the Dallas Mavericks. Hmm. That's such a loaded question, man, because like for for now, it's got to be good just because you saw what the Mavericks did last year with just Luca and like Jalen Brunson. And I mean, we can admit like Kyrie's, you know, way better than Jalen Brunson. So I think for this year it is good. But when you're talking about is it a good move for the Mavericks? No, because it's so risky just because everything we've seen Kyrie do, like we don't know how this will work out, work out what he'll do. Like if him and Luca would be like each other, will he just be like, you know what? You know, five games in, I just want to go chill, don't want to play anymore. He'll make up something, some cause or whatever. And then I think it's also risky because you don't know how this will affect Luca's relationship with the Mavericks. Like, it like what if this goes wrong? Like they don't win and Kyrie just have issues behind the scenes. Kyrie Earth on a half rental like Dan any reputation or relationship that you have with Luka Doncic long-term. And I got to say, it's not worth it. I know they want him, but damn, like, go get Kevin Durant. Like, if Kevin Durant was available, him instead of Kyrie. So I'm on the fence about that, but it's it's such a loaded question. Well, don't you think they went to Luka and kind of got his opinions on, hey, are you okay with us entertaining the idea of bringing him in? And then once they got closer, Hey, we're going to bring him in. Don't you think they at least checked with him? So in the end, he can't turn around and say, why'd you bring him in? This didn't work. I'm out of here. It's like, well, we, we asked you, we went to our star player being you and we made sure it was okay with you. So that part, I don't think they're going to burn any, any bridges with, with Luca, but my thing is, I agree with you. I don't think it's a good move for the Mavericks because Kyrie is happy now, but when will he not be happy? You look at his time everywhere else, right? We always talk about history will repeat itself. Cleveland Cavaliers, he burned them. Boston Celtics, he burned them. Brooklyn Nets, he burned them. Like this is not going to end well for the Dallas Mavericks. He's unreliable. He is unreliable when you need him the most. And that's the thing. It's not what they had to give up, but it's just that if you don't win now, then what? He's an unrestricted free agent. So it's like, I understand you didn't give up a lot, but I just don't think this is a good move for them. How's it going to fit in the locker room? And, you know, he's already kind of doing Kyrie things if you see what he deleted on his say, social like media. Like, just do unnecessary like, shit. Like, you got Brooklyn, you got what you wanted. Let me go play basketball. Happy. Huh? We'll see. So, so hold on. So, you're saying it's not a, it's not a good move? You no, for the, for the Mavericks, it's not a good yeah. move. No. Man. I, Pay attention. I, I was expecting you to, man. <laughs> like, I, I 
much you love Luca, but I know how much you love you. You like Kyrie and fantasy, so I mean, <laughs> I that's two different things. Him. Fantasy basketball, he doesn't have to be in the locker room. All right, so no way around this. We got to talk about the Lakers. So we got to talk about two things. First, we're going to talk about their moves. So they they probably made the biggest moves in improving their team. So they got D'Angelo Russell, Malik Beasley, Jared Vanderbilt, who I love, and the guy who you like, Mo Bamba from the Magic. So with all these moves, have the Lakers turned themselves into a title contender? Yeah, a contender, a title contender. Yes, absolutely. I'm not saying they're going to win at all. But they've definitely made themselves contenders now. I mean, think about what they just did. They improved their shooting, which is something LeBron always always needs around him, right? With Russell Westbrook gone in his 41% shooting, 29% shooting from beyond the arc, you now bring in D'Angelo Russell, who his numbers improved beyond the, the arc compared to Russell Westbrook by 10%. Then you bring in another good shooter in Malik Beasley, and then you've got Vanderbilt. Is, is which, Beasley a good shooter, though, man? Because I feel like is he's he better streaky. than Russell Westbrook. I'm, it, he, that's all. I you were a better shooter than Russell I, Westbrook. All right, I see you then I'd track. be an upgrade if that's what you're saying. I appreciate. They should have signed. They should have signed you in like the like the Robert Morris days, though. Like when wow. you could actually like shoot a and little scrappy bit. defense. Yeah, scrappy Find defense. The open guy, like pre ACL tear. They should have yeah. signed you. Yep, I agree. Then you've got Vanderbilt to do all the little things. Then you've got Mobamba. So now you have that big guy that can stretch the court even more when AD comes off because he shoots almost 40% from the three point uh from three-point range. Like JT, if you asked the teams in the West, they would all say no one wants to play the Lakers right now. Like no one wants to play. LeBron James is on a mission. Yeah, yeah. I I, I legit want to know who's saying that. Everyone Nobody go ask like, them. Oh, we don't want to see the Lakers. You You're always making shit up. Nobody is saying that. You have the connections. Go ask the people. Like, no one will want to play them. You've got LeBron with shooters around him. D'Angelo Russell's that third score. The guy that worries me is AD. I just don't know if he's physically healthy, if his desire is there. Because if it is, with him, D'Angelo, and LeBron, that's a heck of a big three. And they're starting to fill out that roster. Bro, they got I'm their bench. We, we you know you've we got need, guys like stop. Austin Reeves that can come off the bench and score. Listen, all I'm we saying just, is we need to stop. We need to stop throwing around this big three turf because I feel like that shit's getting way overused. Like, how is that not a three, big three? Anytime there's three starters that we know of, it's like, oh, it's a new big three. It's like they're not three not starters. Big, they it's are a big one and a half, two superstars. One, one and you've got a star. That's what it is. It is. I'm gonna cut you the off same answer. My answer is gonna be short. No, it don't make them title contenders. Like I don't wow. think this made them any more better than they were before. Because it's still oh, gonna it come down does. to. Definitely. I think it's still gonna come down to LeBron. And he's if he playing can, out of his mind. Yeah, he's got to keep doing that at, at his old ass age, and it's up to how healthy AD will be. Like that part, Bob, I agree. Mo Bamba, we know what he is. He's he's a bust. Jared Vanderbilt, I love him, but he's an energy guy. Like he's not gonna, he's not gonna get his own shot and you know create offense when it comes to time to play playoff team. I'm sorry, but have you watched the Timberwolves this year? D'Angelo Russell looked washed. Like Mike Connolly got traded to the team. And I think that's great, and we know how old injured Mike Connolly is. Like D'Angelo Russell is washed. So I don't. I, they they basically swapped out one Russell Westbrook for guys that we think 
that we like more comfortable with at this stage, but they're not better. Like, I just don't think oh, they, they, they are better at this point. The Lakers are better at this point by far of what they were 24 hours, 24 hours ago. No doubt. No doubt. I, nah, bro. But we're going to talk about the one guy that regardless of who's playing is going to be good. And that's LeBron James. So, I know you fell asleep. You did not watch this live, but I stayed up. You're not supposed <laughs> to say that stuff. Come hey, on, look, man. I'm putting We're you out there, man. Show. You don't want to have a live show, and you're going to have a live show. Keep it real. You didn't stay up to watch this. You went to bed. I know it was your bedtime. The NBA, let, I, I got to vent here for a second. The NBA has this historical moment, this historical game. People in L.A. are going to watch. They're going to go to it. If you played it at midnight, if you played it at 1 p.m. during the day, if you played it at 5 p.m. local time. So why not move the game up to 9 or 8 p.m. Eastern time so the whole country can see it? Why are you putting the most historic moment possibly for an individual in the history of the sport at 10.30 tip time, Eastern time, when half the country's asleep? Hey, man. On a week, hey, on a weeknight. Everybody was up except for your ass. <laughs> well, that's one. He's an old man. But LeBron broke the NBA all-time scoring record Tuesday night. Which you did not see. Uh, he, he passed all the replay. Jabbar. Uh, amazing achievement, man. I never thought I'd see this in my lifetime. But begs the question do you think this record will be broken at some point in the future? And is this the most difficult record in all of individual sports? Like for individual accomplishments in sports, like it's the most difficult record to achieve. Yeah. I think it will be broken just because if you look, Kareem broke it in 1984. So I know that was, you know, 38 years ago, almost 40 years ago, 39 years ago. But really, JT, it was only one generation of players. LeBron was born, what, in 84, 86? I don't, I don't recall. But that's only one generation away. So Bro, he was born 38 days after Kareem broke the record. All right, so it's one generation. Is that not one generation? Maybe two, one and a half, something like that. So I don't know. In, in your day, what, what what is defined as a generation? I don't. I don't know. I don't know. I'd have to look it up. But so, will it ever be broken? I think it eventually will. I understand he has multiple years, but they were probably saying the same thing for Kareem. He broke it in '84, and then he didn't retire until like '88. So he still had four years to add on. Guess what? LeBron caught him, especially. If the NBA gets rid of the one and done rule and kids come back out in high school, I think it can be broken. I think the most difficult nowadays to break would be the Ricky Henderson stolen base one. He had over 1,400 stolen bases. JT, that means you'd have to steal 70 stolen bases for 20 seasons. Like, that's not happening anymore because of the way the game has changed. So maybe it's not the most difficult to break, like as an individual, meaning how hard it is. But in terms of not being broken, that's the one that I don't think will ever be broken because the game has changed so much to when Ricky Henderson played. Plus, Ricky Henderson, you know, greatest stolen base, (laughs) greatest stolen base guy of all time on top of that. But it's just the game has changed. So I don't see anyone even getting close to that stolen base record. Yeah, I'm going to answer that that part first. Um, I thought about that. That was on my list too. And I just think like the all time like home run record is just like really hard to break to in baseball. Like I think those two Which are, one? The Hank, the Hank Aaron or the Barry Bonds? Both of them. <laughs> like like juice or no juice. I think I just think it's just hard to get that many home runs in the career. And especially now when you know, like everything's so taboo and people don't hit as many home runs as they did like a decade ago. 
So anything, if any one of those baseball ones, I think is harder than this. But I really struggled to, to answer whether or not somebody else could break LeBron and Kareem's record. I, I really don't. And unless there's a generational talent like LeBron coming around, because it's not just about the talent. Like, I think the one thing that can help people is the three-point shot. Because what Kareem took, what, like under 10 three-pointers or whatever? However, like, I don't know. You bring up the stat. you got to be able to back it was, it was, it was, it was that up. It was hell though. You're supposed to be my stat guy. But it's like the three – like, you can see the evolution of the three-point shot is what helped that scoring record. But let's not kid ourselves. LeBron James has played for a long-ass time. Like, can you tell me that a person could come into the NBA, play for 20 years as a top-10 player? If you can answer that question and say yes, then I'll say it can be broken. But I don't think so especially not with the scrubs that I see coming into the league. Like these kids are not as good as LeBron. Like Man, they're nice. just not, they're, they're not as good. And guys aren't, aren't guys just don't last that long, man. Like it's, it's impossible. So I'm going to go out and say no, but I mean, who knows? We could get another LeBron James in the next, you know, five, six years. And then we're seeing it. But like, yeah. I, t- like I told my wife uh, that night, I was like, look, this is, we'll never see this again. Like I never thought I would see them all lifetime, but I would bet money for, we probably won't see it again. Well, that part, you're right, where we probably won't see it again, right? It, it's going to take someone real quick to be able to to do something like that. So that part, I, I do agree with you. Um, How nice but of you. There were probably people in 1984 saying the same thing, though. We'll never see this happen again. Kareem still has four more years, five more years left. Yeah, and guess but look, what? But look, all, but look at all the stuff that changed with him. Like the three point shot became more three, prevalent. Like but, score just became more prevalent. Like defense, but, they, it wasn't you got, as. But As JT, like, don't, let's not act like LeBron is this all-time great three-point shooter, right? But I think the part you are correct is the longevity. Can yeah, someone be sure. that healthy the way LeBron is? And I think why you're also right, the one thing I would have mentioned if I was you, is load management. That's going to be the name of the game coming up. So even if you are healthy, early in your career, guys are going to be load managed to make sure that they can last the big contracts. So that part... I do think is is something that is a, is a strong argument too. But you not so, me. Thank thank you. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, if you if I was you, you would have had the right answer. So can we go on to football? Are you done with all your basketball? Because you know, I thought basketball really didn't start till after. Yo, don't school. don't be salty because you ain't gonna make the playoffs in fantasy. I know what this shit's all about. I'm in. I'm mathematically in. I have that little asterisk next to, next to my team name. I'm in. Barry Bonds ass playoff run you about to have. Wow. Hey, that, that might mean I win a some sort of title. Um, Super Bowl, we got to talk about it. Super Bowl Fifty Seven, we know who's in it. We did we our, we know who's in it. Who's we, in it? Okay. The, the we did our storylines last week. So again, check out the episode if you missed it. But we've got a couple last questions here to do. I mean, it wouldn't be right um, not talking about it during Super Bowl week. So JT, first question. Which player or person has the most pressure heading into this Super Bowl? Oh, this one's easy. It's Andy Reid. Like, <laughs> for all the praise that we give Andy Reid for being this great offensive genius, which he is. I'm not, I'm not trying to take away the man's roses and flowers. But what's the one thing that he has on his resume that is the blemish? Is how does he perform in the biggest stage on the brightest lights? And it's like, think about how, how good they were and when he was in Philly during the regular season, like getting to all those conference championships and like same thing with the Chiefs, like they're good every year. And it's like, 
can Andy Reid get it done? Like this, this is, I think, his most difficult of games. Like you're going up against a stack defense. You have the best quarterback on the planet. People don't think your weapons are as good. And this is this is your chance to catapult yourself into the GOAT conversation of coaches where people are going to be like, hey, yeah, he might have had some slips, but like what he did in this Super Bowl against this team, against this defense, like we got to give him his his flowers for real now. So it's all on Andy Reid. Like the pressure's all on him, man, because like he if he wants to be GOAT at all time, like he got to win this game. Yeah, I hate agreeing with you, but. Yeah, come on over to the dark you, side. You, you stole my thunder. It, it is him. If he loses, he goes one and three in Super Bowls. How many NFC losses does he have, JT? Like he was the first coach. He was the first coach ever to lose back-to-back home NFC title games. So you've got all of that. He's got the one Super Bowl, which saves him. But is he going to be the Brian Billick of Super Bowl head coaches? Or is he going to, with two, he now gets mentioned, in my opinion, with guys like Tom Landry, Joe Gibbs. I, I think Gibbs has three. But, you know, Don Shula. Shanahan, like guys that have multiple rings now, not the Chuck Knowles yet, not Belichick yet, not Bill Walsh. He's nowhere near those he's, guys. He's, he's ready to step out of the Marvin Levy territory. <laughs> no, Levy doesn't have one. He's ready to step out of the Brian hey, Levy, Billick. Hey, they, they, went, they went to a bunch, though, but I, I get what you're saying, though. Yeah, you're absolutely right. It's it's like I don't even think the pressure matters. Like we're talking about historical stuff. Like it's exactly. like no yeah. doubt about it. Yeah, and, and that's why, and the thing, the reason why the pressure comes in, though, is he's getting older, so how many more chances is he going to get? I mean, they've been fortunate to go to five straight AFC title games. Like, even with Mahomes, even with Tom Brady, like, that doesn't last forever. And then Mahomes' contract is going to prevent you from loading up, and then Travis Kelsey's getting older. And we all know Mahomes and Kelsey. That's such a dynamic duo. Like, Kelsey's getting older. That's not going to last forever, even if yeah, Mahomes yeah. is there. Yeah, it's not for every like he already lost one Hall of Fame type talent. And, like he's gonna lose another one the father time. So like this right. is the window right here for yep. Andy Reid to be like, hey, I need to get my name yep. to that next level. And just think about it, one in three, that doesn't sound too good when you're talking about great coaches. Like his name won't be brought up. I'm sorry. Yeah, it's just hey, if this is LeBron, they're blaming him for one and three. <laughs> so let's look at the other team, Philadelphia Eagles. If they lose, let's just say if they lose. Do the Eagles extend Jalen Hurts this offseason then? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Well, just from the standpoint of once you see a quarterback play well and it's, you know, nationally recognized that he could be a top 10 quarterback, like he just just no way of escaping an extension. But just for the Eagles, like you have to extend him. The play on the field speaks for itself. Like MVP type year, taking him to the Super Bowl, like that's already on record. But I'm just more interested on what he's done behind the scenes since he's been there. Like, you step directly into the whole Carson Wentz situation, how he handled himself, came in as a, as a starter, and just has not given it back ever since he started his first game. And it takes a special type of person, especially a young guy like that, to handle that situation in that city. And you said it. You said it before when we asked the question, is he the next Josh Allen? You were like, no. And it wasn't because of his talent. It was because of, how can he handle things in Philly if things go wrong? Like you said it before, the Philly fan base is unforgiving. And I think he has shown that he's built for that city. So if you have a quarterback that can play on the field, it is built for the city of Philadelphia, you would be idiotic to not extend him. 
Yeah, they've got to extend him. And, and one of the main reasons is there's no fifth-year option for him, JT. He was not a first-round pick. So he is going into his last year of his rookie contract. And to me, and I think we've seen it, the market for quarterbacks, guess what? Baltimore Ravens are seeing this. It gets set every offseason. Like, it gets reset every offseason. So do it now so you pay less later. And the other thing is, He's the franchise QB. You said all the reasons there. Like, lock him up. So there's no bad feelings between the organization and quarterback, what we're seeing in Baltimore, like, you know, how what we're seeing in Baltimore. And then the locker room part, right? Free agency, hey, they've got their quarterback. He's locked up for the next six years. I'm going to go play there. And the locker room, too, knows that's our guy, right? He's our guy. He's here for the next six, seven years. There's no reason to then question Jalen Hurts in the locker room or the Philly organization. So I think that's almost as important as anything as we've seen. When you lock up that franchise QB, other pieces fill in, and the locker room is way more cohesive, and it's just a better place to be. They've got to get it done. Win or lose, They've got to get it done. And, and why would you not lock him up? Just look at the way the team is built. Like you all, like you always harp on windows. Like this is a short window for Philly on both sides of the ball, whether it's players' health or guys under certain contracts. Like get your guys signed while you have all the key guys locked up already on both sides of the ball. Like make a run because like you brought up losing. What if they lose? If Philly can keep the core and have the quarterback – Who's to say they can't go back next year? So, yeah, that just adds more incentive for them to extend him no matter what happens in that game. Yeah. So, last Super Bowl question here for now. Best player. I, I'll give you credit here, JT. You come up with a lot of the questions. This is this is one of your better ones. So, good good job. Good you job. only say that because it's a, it's probably going to be an old-ass answer that you're going to give. He's like, best. he's like, my great-grandfather was the best player that never won a Super Bowl. <laughs> I don't think he played uh, American football. Best player to never win a Super Bowl. This was so tough, man. There's so many guys on that list. I feel like the, the trendy pick, I don't want to steal your thunder, is a certain wide receiver. So I'm not, I didn't want to go with him. But I went with uh, a guy that, maybe I'm sure my ignorance here, I just expected I expected more success for the man because when you think about not just a position, but like all time greats on a certain side of the ball, like Dick Buckus, man, like they were one. That's what I'm picking. Really? You're going with yeah. him? You're yeah, not going I, I with did, him. man. Like, like when you like when you think about some of the best defenders of all time, man, like I'm like Dick Buckus is up there. Like, and you think, oh, Chicago, like they got history, like. He got to be on one team that won a Super Bowl. Nah, man. Nine years, eight all pros. <laughs> Bro, what years did he play? What years did Whenever he play? Whenever you were born. I don't, I don't know if he played that many years in the Super Bowl era. We'd have to go back and look at his years. Anyway, anyway. That's I'm surprised why I mean, you didn't that, go. That, see, see that right there. Go ahead. I already know your answer, though. I'm surprised you didn't go with your guy down in South Florida. You didn't go with Marino? I I wanted That's to, crazy. man. I, I, honestly, I figured you'd pick him just because he's a pit guy, too. Well, I'm actually going to go with someone different. I think it's Randy Moss. Mm-hmm. I think it's he's Randy Moss. When, when you think of the best receivers or the best players at their positions, I think it's clear it's Jerry Rice, Randy Moss. 
So when you've got that sort of pairing, when you're being mentioned with Jerry Rice, it's just you and Jerry Rice. I think that's why it's Randy Moss. Marino, I have him in my top five, but a lot of people wouldn't put him in the top five. So I think when there's that much of an issue or a question mark, then I don't know if it can be Dan Marino. So I hate going against Dan Marino, the pit guy, the guy from Oakland in Pittsburgh, but I'm gonna go Randy Moss. I think Randy he's the Randy best. Moss, Randy Moss number two for me. I just I just I just figured you go Marino Marino or Moss. I was just like, man, I was like, I don't know, the dick buck is what hurt me, man. But like maybe like maybe you say like maybe he wasn't eligible. I don't think he was. You got to do your research a little better. He probably hey, well, only hey, had hey, hey, bring, bring Dick Buckets back and give him an honorary Super Bowl. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> I don't think you could do that, but go ahead. All right, so let's talk about at least one of these guys might eventually like <laughs> almost is on this list, but let's talk about some quarterbacks, rumors, and all that stuff. So I'm going to give you a quarterback, and I want you to tell me um, – one team that you think that they'll be the best fit for. So these are guys that Rumor Mill is saying that, you know, they're going to leave their respective teams. Just give me the team and why that's the best fit. So we got to start with your boy, your favorite player in the world, Aaron Rodgers. I think it's easy. I think it's, well, actually it's not so easy because I keep flipping. Damn, make up your mind. I keep, I keep flipping back and forth here. I'm going to go with, I'm going to go with the Washington. No, I'm going to go with the Las Vegas Raiders. You've got Devontae Adams already there. They have the playoff experience. You got Renfro. You got Waller. Whether you retain Josh Jacobs or go get a uh, draft, a young running back. I think the pieces are there. And this is what I love most for them. Of why I didn't say Washington. What I love most for them is it's warm in that city and it's in a dome. When you've got those two things, Aaron Rodgers has never played in those conditions as a home field. That's why that's the best fit. You have all those pieces. You get reunited with Devontae Adams. Listen, Devontae's going to be thrilled that he walks back through that door. Oh, yeah. They're already house shopping. There you go. And then the warm weather in the dome. Raider Nation. Raider Nation. Aaron Rodgers was like, oh, Aaron Rodgers ain't going to the AFC with all the other guns. Yo, like, like, like you look, I can't pull up the footage right now, but I'm pretty sure you said that. Oh, he's what? not going to the AFC with all those young gunslingers, so now he's gonna go. I said best fit. Mm. <sighs> best fit for ironic and comedic purposes would be the 49ers. Just like goes like pull a Kevin Durant, just go to the team that's been beat this beat the mess out of you for all these years. I think that's the best fit because Kyle Shanahan, he just needed a quarterback. That is good. It can stay healthy, and that's Aaron Rodgers. And like, if Aaron Rodgers on the 49ers, they go into the Super Bowl. Like, they will be the heavy favorite. So, I like the Raiders, but I just think the coaching for Aaron Rodgers is really the thing that would make the best fit because he got to get along with the coach and he got to respect them to to challenge him. And I only think there's, I think there's only a handful of guys that can do that in the league, and also, you know talk to him in his offensive language that he will give them respect. And I think Shanahan is one of those guys, Josh McDaniel. Mm, I don't know, man. I, I think, I think that can go left really quick. So yeah, you got the Raiders. I got the 49ers, my man, Lamar Jackson. Best fit. Yeah. Atlanta Falcons. And I'll tell you why you've got Arthur Smith. 
right? Offense oh my and, gosh, it's Arthur Smith. <laughs> can I give you the? Can Let I me give change you my reasons? answer. Hold on, Arthur Smith. Let me change. You're going to change I'm, your I'm answer. Listen, once you finish listening to me, if you were smart, you would change your answer to what I'm saying. All right, Arthur Smith, offensive guy. Do you realize, JT? They finished in the top half of the league in scoring last year. No one, if if you ask that question to NFL fans, they would not have guessed that Atlanta's in that. The offense sure was really did. good. It now was that just, I told you, it was just it's sure. really run heavy. Sure, you did. Now that I told you. Oh yeah, because I, had, you had, I had to live through the whole you, Kyle Pitts Drake London yeah. thing. So I'm you saying have, all these you, other guys score points except for them. I'm glad you just said it because you've got young offensive weapons there. Drake London, he's never had a guy in Baltimore like a Drake London. Kyle Pitts, guess what? Perfect replacement for Lamar Jackson for Mark Andrews that he had in Baltimore. Then you look at Patterson. Can you imagine the designs, the trick plays that you can have with Lamar Jackson and Patterson in the backfield? Like to me, Arthur Smith should be salivating over that. The different trick plays, the nightmares to give defensive coordinators. Then you've also got that young, what I think is a young stud quarterback in Tyler Algier. So you've got all those pieces in. You've got, if they cut Mariota, they've got $70 million in cap room. And then on top of that, this is the kicker, JT, and I'll drop the mic. You don't need to answer. We can go to the next quarterback. It's the NFC South. The NFC South. By him going to the Falcons, I guarantee you tomorrow, Las Vegas would put their odds as the shortest, meaning best odds, to win the NFC South next season if Lamar goes to Atlanta tonight. Yeah, because he'd be the only quarterback as of now that's be considered a star. Then, then that's all good. Everyone's going to want to go play with him in Atlanta. They're going to win the division every year. Mm. Atlanta is fit-wise for what we think Lamar does is not that bad. Like It's a coach that gets the best out of mobile quarterbacks, and I think they would have some real interesting things. And I think he would carve up that division but once again man i'm, I'm really disappointed in you you're so wrong it's the miami dolphins man oh, like, you just wanted this, to play for the, the dolphins no, the miami dolphins is lamar jackson's best chance to extend his career you got the best wide receiver how Tua is getting smacked oh, around oh, yeah because he can't run <laughs> no that, and, no and, and, he's, not, and he's too little and he's too little not true but you got the best like, wide like Lamar Jackson's the biggest guy in the world. Come you on, you got to be bigger than Tua. You got the best wide receiver doing the league, and you are attaching yourself to one of the brightest young offensive minds in the NFL, and Mike McDaniel. Like this is a move that I, if I'm Lamar, I'm pushing for. Like I want to be a part of this. And the best part about it is, you get to go home, back to South Florida. All your friends and family seeing you every weekend, bro. Like, he didn't play for the U. He left. He's he's and from it, South Florida, man. Like he didn't right, have to. So. Him not playing for the U is not his fault. That's you're that's from a South Florida. You're not living there no, right now. It's 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 the Dolphins. Like that is that is the one that's the one place he can go where it's like you know what? If I join this, we could be Super Bowl favorites. So you might have been a year too early on your little Cincinnati Bengals right in front of our eyes thing, but if Lamar is the quarterback. They will be in front of your eyes because that's a Super Bowl team. So one last one, but honestly, I don't even think it matters because things have changed since we first came up with this question. But last quarterback, Derek Carr, best fit. Did I miss something? What what has changed? Well, apparently he had a visit with the Saints, which was his last visit, and he canceled his visit to Carolina and just flew back to Vegas. So it sounds like he's going to be a New Orleans Saint. 
That's funny because I have both of those on my list. I think it is New Orleans. They've got the receivers, Alave, Michael Thomas, hopefully will come back. Jarvis Landry's coming back. You got Kamara. And then play in a dome, just like in Las Vegas. So don't got to worry about the conditions. Listen, man, it's New Orleans. Fun city. He's going to love it there. And then most important again, it's the NFC South. Whatever division he goes to, if Lamar Jackson doesn't get traded to Atlanta, but Carr goes to New Orleans with that current team they have, guess what? They become overnight the Vegas odds-on favorite to win the NFC South. So so if Lamar Jackson goes to Atlanta and, and Derek Carr goes to New Orleans, is it still a good destination if both of them go to the NFC South? Yeah, because they both can get in the playoffs. It's good. They're going to clearly be – they will even be – more dominant in that division because now it's those two teams. They're going to definitely beat up on the Panthers and the Bucks. I'm not even. I'm not even going to entertain this question because I, I, I at first when we talked about this a month ago, I said it was the Carolina Panthers. So I guess I had the right, right division wrong. Team. And stick, stick with it. Stick. With it. Well, I mean, it's not going to happen. I still think the best fit is the Carolina Panthers, just because I think that team is a sleeping giant. They have good players on offense, great defense, and everybody's locked up under contract near young like and it's a bad division like you said so i, I don't I, I the saints i feel like is <laughs> it's tricky i think people think the saints are this great organization because of what they've done past decade but it's it's really not like i don't i don't think that's a destination at all like the expectations will be high you got to follow in drew Brees footsteps like it's Derek carr like we love him but he ain't drew Brees. i'd rather go to carolina where there is no expectation of quarterbacks and, and try my luck there, but it looks like he's going to be a saint. All right. Can we go on to Hot or Not, your your favorite segment now? Huh? Go ahead. All right. I guess we are. You put it up. Hot or Not. So the way this segment works is we'll read a statement. If you agree with it, you say it's a hot take. If you don't agree with it, you say not. Hot or Not. Simple enough, JT. Wait, man, explain it one more time. Nah, you understood. So, LeBron James passing Kareem should be enough to make him the best player of all time. You mean the fact that he was already the best player of all time before he did that? Because that's a hot take. Put hey, that look, on man. IG. Hey, look, man, we all we talk about this all the time, man. You got they got their gold. I got mine, man. LeBron, <laughs> what he's done, just stats wise accomplishments on and off the court and also with the expectations coming into the NBA that some other greats did not have. Like we've been saying he's going to be the best player since he was like five. Like he's done and exceeded what we've expected him to do. And this is just icing on the cake. Like this is something like we just talked about probably won't be broken. So yeah, I think this puts him in the all time great conversation. Like he's, he's up there. He's the all time greatest to me. I'm going to say not. And it's only because the way it's worded should be enough. He's got all that other stuff. It's not just this. Like, even if he didn't have this, I would still say best player of all time. But by putting in just should be enough, I'm going to say not because it's all the other stuff he does. All right, cool. We agree. I hate that right off the bat. Next one. The Memphis Grizzlies need a 30 for 30 on ESPN. Hot take or not? Man, this is such a JT statement here. No, nah, this is a Shannon Sharp question. I did not write this one. Oh, th- this is not. He only says that because he'd be in the documentary. 
It's not. Come on. Memphis Grizzlies need to do something first. Like the Miami Hurricanes winning a title. All right. Like the Detroit Pistons winning back-to-back titles. Memphis, do something first, then you get a 30 for 30. So, Stephen, thanks for watching. Um, JT and I, we kind of disagree. I mean, he's at least got to be mentioned. Hopefully, you can at least agree that it's not an open and shut case, you right? Know, it's not open and shut Jordan that it's MJ. With it. You just can't say MJ no. and walk away. We got to be able to have a debate. So, hopefully, you can agree to that. Um, but go ahead, JT. Continue with the hot or not. Uh, Memphis Grizzlies need a thirty for thirty. Hell yeah! This this, this he's a thirty for thirty. The best that never was. Part two. I've never seen them like this. This team is acting like they like the hottest rap group of all time, and they got no Grammys and no platinum albums. Like, this is ridiculous. Like, who are the Memphis Grizzlies to be popping off like this and causing all this drama? Like, this is so dysfunctional. You got John Morant out there putting sniper scopes on people. Dylan Brooks is out there fighting crowd members. Like, like I've never seen this much drama for a team that has done absolutely nothing like you would think that this is Dennis Rodman with the Bulls and he acting out, going to Vegas during the season. They can't find him for four days. Like, at least he's doing that and they're winning championships or going to the finals. Like, the Memphis Grizzlies have done nothing and they're causing all this drama. Yes, they need a 30 for 30 ASAP. The Lakers missing out on Kyrie is officially, uh, is officially the end of the LeBron era as a Laker. Oh, I, I don't like that question. It's hot. You came up be- with it. And it's, it's not a question. Not because it's of the a Kyrie statement. Because he it's wants a, to go to the Lakers. It's and, a statement, and, and not a question. Didn't trade him there. But here's the thing. I do think it is a, is a hot take because the past year or two has shown you that LeBron and the Lakers just aren't a premier destination anymore for people. Like, people aren't beating down the door to go team up with LeBron. At the same time, people aren't beating down the door to get to the Lakers. So I think this is showing you that they are hitting a, a plateau that I never thought I would see in my life where people don't want to play with LeBron and people don't want to go to the Lakers. So, yeah, it's a hot take. I'm going to say not because them missing out, if he leaves, that's not the reason, right? Because Kyrie would, again, be an unrestricted free agent at the end of this season anyway. So even if they brought him in, if he wanted to leave, he'd be leaving. And, in fact, the the what Rob Palenka did today in those trades – should maybe show that he I saved his maybe, job is what he did exactly like maybe this guy kind of knows what he's doing let me see nah, how it goes <laughs> so i don't think Kyrie missing out on Kyrie specifically is is the end of the Le- lebron era it's what's occurred since they've won the title in the bubble all right cool agree to disagree you're wrong next one tom brady is about to have a hot boy summer hot take or dot First of JT, all, do you, you even know what a what a hot boy or hot girl I, summer is? I, I don't. I, I, I don't. I didn't Google it. I don't. I didn't Google it. I probably on, should. I just want you to I Google answer. it right now so that you okay. can see it and so people can see you find out what this is in real time. Okay. Google hot girl I, summer, Urban Dictionary. Whoa, whoa, no, no. You said hot boy summer. That's the same what? thing. Is it a change? It is. Oh, yeah. Okay, okay, okay. I I don't know, like what what that means. Nothing's coming up. It's hot girl oh, summer I got definition. You. I got you. Yeah, I mean, did you see his photo? Did you see his whatever it was, Instagram? Unfortunately, I had to see his photo. Did he tag all his friends in it? it? I mean, it's hot. Yes, it, it's going the to The picture is hot or, or the question is no, hot? No, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> no, 
hot. The statement is hot, right? It's you got you got to clarify, man. It's a hot boy summer. All right. I mean, based on what he's already doing, that's a hot statement. Hell yeah, Hell yeah, that's a hot take, man. Man, Giselle got Tom Brady in his bag right now, man. This dude already out here sitting the thirst trap picks, and he already got a younger girl. <laughs> like he already dating. Like Giselle crushed this man. He's like, all right, I'm gonna show you. I'm gonna, I'm gonna show everybody I still got it. And he about to have he about to have a J.R. Smith type summer watch for sure. All right. Speaking of Tom Brady, his former teammate Antonio Brown is a first ballot Hall of Famer. Not nah, it pains me because I actually like AB the player, but he can't be a first ballot Hall of Famer because T.O. wasn't. Like T.O. was better than him in every way. And and I think what AB has done at the tail end of his career with the Raiders and the Bucks and how those things ended. Like, there's no way they're going to put him in the first ballot Hall of Fame. And he also missed out on valuable time to get more stats to where there wasn't going to be an argument that he should be one. So I feel like A.B. hasn't played in like three years. So that's three years worth of stats that he didn't get. So, no, I don't I I don't think he should be a first ballot. I think that's a that's a hot take, because in my opinion, he's a first ballot Hall of Hall of Famer. But because T.O. wasn't voted in first ballot, I don't think the voters are going to vote him in first ballot so if it's just my opinion i say that's a hot take he is a first ballot but i agree that he won't end up getting in for some of the reasons that you mentioned but more so just because the voters don't want to that's also they can't they can't have this man going in the first year the savior that tom brady could go in like that would be (laughs) that would be insane man come on they can't have that like this man walked off the field on tom brady now they're gonna go with the canton together that'd be great talk about the drama a lot of NFL people not going for that. A lot of people are saying that's why Aaron Rodgers isn't retiring this year because he doesn't want to go in with Tom Brady. Oh, it'll no. take it'll take the light away. Point. It'll take you the know, limelight that, away from him. That is the most Aaron Rodgers shit that could go down. It's right? him him he, deciding he the fate of his career based on all right. Let me back, let me let me see who I could go with the Hall of Fame <laughs> with. That's like that's like like you in, like you in football practice. And you like looking to see like, oh, who's next? I got to go up against you. Like getting back in line, you moving up in line like that. Aaron Rodgers would do that. I can see he, him doing that. He is denying it though. He is denying it for the is. record. So weekend predictions. We got the Super Bowl coming up. So weekend predictions. JT, we're gonna. It's gonna be a little different twist here. All right. So okay, I'll tell you what. So this is a first, little bit of a different twist. You can ask all of them because I don't want no part of this. So oh, I'm now you're worried about it. Okay. So, so first, we'll go with just what we normally do. Chiefs, Eagles, Super Bowl, who you got? No point spread involved, none of that. Just I already who you did got. this. It's the Chiefs because I picked them I, mean, I picked them to win it all at the beginning of the season. So, and All right. Well, I've got the Eagles. You just want to hear me be right one more time? Is that I, what it was? <laughs> no. <laughs> I, want it, I want you to be so wrong. Make sure everyone knows it's out there and you still got it wrong. I, mean, I, I mean, gave I you a chance. It can't be that wrong. It's not, it's not like the Colser option on here. I gave you a mulligan to fix it. You didn't you didn't take it. So you're going Chiefs. I'm going Eagles. Rooting for Mahomes, but I think the Eagles are too much. The Chiefs aren't at 100%. Now, we continue weekend predictions. A little different here. So, JT, listen to this stat. A record 50.4 million adults in the U.S., that's roughly 20% of the population, are expected to combine to bet approximately 16 billion on Super Bowl 57. And this is according to survey results released 
by the American Gaming Association. So, JT, I thought, why not we delve down that road a little bit? And just a disclaimer. A, why not turn this into a gambling podcast? It, it's go not. Ahead. All right, cool. it, it just been trying to do this for a while, so go ahead. And just a disclaimer here to the people out there. We're doing this for fun. We are definitely not pros at this, so don't take our bets to the bank. All right, so JT, first one. Over under national anthem time. Do you know who's singing the national anthem? I actually don't. Who's singing it? Chris Stapleton. So the over under started at a minute 59. It's at now two minutes, five seconds. So are you going over under two minutes, five seconds? I'll go over. You're going to go over? I'm going to, I'm going to go under the, the fact that it's rising leads me to believe that smart money's coming in on the that, under. <laughs> that's right. Too much learning. Too much money going to the over at this point. The coin toss. Heads or tails? What do you got? Tails. I've got tails too. Tails never fails. Patrick Mahomes over two and a half touchdowns. Ooh. Throwing. Throwing. Over. Whoa. Over, huh? Yeah, over. I've got, I've got under. I think that's, that's a little too many. First touchdown scorer in the game. Ooh, I don't even I don't even know what the what the what the line is for that because usually they have options. But um, I'm gonna they say do. first first touchdown will be Miles Sanders. Oh, that's who I have too. I should have changed it, but I've got Miles Sanders as well. Team to receive the opening kickoff. Well, I mean, it's gotta be Philly, right? <laughs> I'm gonna go Philly as well. I think I think the Eagles win the toss. They want the ball. They're going to go down, try to score. Color of the Gatorade for the Gatorade bath on the coach. You've got a couple options. Orange, yellow, I guess yellow, green, clear, or just water, blue, red, purple, or no Gatorade bath at all. Red, because it's the Chiefs. I'm going yellow. I'm going old school yellow, Eagles, Eagles win. Will a player they, – they literally have this bet as a prop. Will a player propose after the game? Mm. Nah, nah. No? All right. I, I I have no as well. No is is the odds to go with there, but you got to put a lot of money. That tells you a lot of people make... on the teams either, either already locked up or they know they got some, <laughs> they got some dudes that's not trying to get married. <laughs> Which potato chip company commercial will air first, Doritos or Pringles? Doritos. I've got I feel like they got the bigger budget, right? <laughs> so <laughs> you would think, go first. But, but I don't know. But I've got Doritos as well. And then the last one, who's the MVP at the end of the day? Why are you asking this dumbass question? It's Patrick Mahomes. Of course. <laughs> I've got Jalen Hurts. I've got the guy on the other side. He's going to get paid. He's going to get no paid. Guts. You should. Miles Sanders. He's going to get paid. All right, so I'm bringing back a segment. We're almost done at the end, coming up on the hour of the episode. So two last segments. JT, we're bringing back the surprise JT segment. So this one, for the fans and listeners out there that aren't used to it because we haven't done it in a while, I find some obscure thing that's going on relative to sports, and I just question JT on it so we get his unprepared wing it version of the answer so Aaron Rodgers I don't know if you've heard this JT Aaron Rodgers all right 
He is going on a four-day darkness retreat. Before, yeah, he just want to go smoke and do his thing, man. Before he says no, he says there's no there's there's no drugs involved. No, no, no drugs involved. What the hell is before, he doing out there? Then? Before he's trying to meditate, he's gonna go in complete darkness and stillness in silence for four days before deciding NFL future. So at this place, you can leave to go to the bathroom if you want. You can leave at any time. You can wear an adult diaper if you want, so you don't have to leave the darkness. So he has said that this has been on his list for a while. So my first question is, is this a four-day darkness retreat? Is this something that you would be willing to do? Why would I want to go someplace by myself, sit in an adult diaper, and I can't even do drugs? Like, that's dumb. (laughs) Makes no sense. No, I'm not going to do this. Don't do drugs, kids. Remember that. Don't don't do do drugs. And don't do them in in an adult diaper either. (laughs) So, that was a question. I was gonna say yes to that. No, the other one. The other one is, what's the weirdest to do on your bucket list? Because I got to feel like for Aaron you Rodgers, this is one of the hey, uh, ones. <laughs> you, you didn't tell me we were gonna be talking about talk about my bucket list. <laughs> there the you weird, go. The That's why I surprised JT. You getting too personal now? The weirdest thing on my bucket list. Keep it clean. You know what? I'm not going to answer that question. I feel like there's some stuff. There's there's some things on my bucket list that aren't age appropriate for this show. So you're the safer person to go with on this. So what's the weirdest thing on your bucket list? No, if you're not going to give one, I'm not giving mine. Five percent or something. So the last thing, what's that? Like not not leaving like a big enough tip for the waitress. That like the weirdest thing on your bucket list? Like not tipping and walking out. I don't even know. Oh, that's like the most dangerous thing out there. Yeah, yeah. I feel like this is this is a better question for you because you can say stuff that's not gonna I'm, get the, the show canceled. I'm gonna skip it too since you're not giving an answer. All right, so Damn. last segment, I promise. Fun fact of the day. This is what I'm gonna leave you on, JT. Listen to this. According to the Elias Sports Bureau, with Durant and Irving out of Brooklyn, this marks the First time a team in NBA history had two all-stars on a roster to start a season, and then both of them changed teams later in the same season. That's kind of crazy to think that in NBA history, it has never happened. Two all-stars on the same team start the season, and then they're both gone midway through the season. Kind of crazy. But that's your fun sports fact of the day. That shit and don't JT. sound fun to me at all. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why not you for that the Brooklyn be fun, man. That's depressing. Not for the Brooklyn Nets, it isn't fun. But hey, they got about 500 first round draft picks. I'm sure they'll find someone. So, as always, to the fans and listeners out there, thank you for listening. Remember to subscribe to us. You can find us on all of the major platforms. And remember, if you like what we do, leave us a five star review. And JT, if you don't like what we do, leave us a five star review. You can follow us on social media, our handle, JT and the Don. We can be found on IG, TikTok, Twitter, and Facebook. So, JT, great episode. Remember, JT and the Don, all sports podcast presented now by Give Us a Shot Network. So, JT, until the next episode, see ya. Peace.